Old School Lame Casual Chats is brought to you by Old School Lame, producing various content from blogs, videos, and podcasts discussing about movies, TV shows, video games, and everything else in between since 2011. You can check out the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and YouTube. We're associated with Channel Frederator, Manic Expression, The Comic Book Cast, and The Aaron Meta Show. everyone welcome to another episode of casual chats i am patricia and i am back with liam higgins hey and so we have ourselves a very special guest uh, you may know him for his work on both live action and in voiceover everything from uh picket fences uh veronica mars love and marriage child's play 2 uh as told by ginger and many more we have adam wiley so welcome adam hey good to be here how are you guys uh, we're doing really well, thank you. I, I must ask you, so uh, what did you get your influences for acting? I got my influences for acting actually from my brother. My brother was an actor for a very short amount of time and got out of the business and became a professional dancer. And when I was really little, uh, I noticed he was out of the house a lot. I wondered why he was gone. And my mom told me, his agent saw me, they picked me up. I started going out on auditions. She said, why not try it? I ended up booking a lot of work and growing up to really love it. Wow, that's pretty amazing. So what made your brother decide to do dancing instead of acting? Oh, I have no idea. 
he was better at it, honestly. He wasn't a very good actor. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, well. I'm not going to lie. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Was your brother in, like, professional things like you, or was it more... Like yeah, he was thing. in, he, I mean, he, he did a made-for-TV movie, and then he did uh, a Disney, like, DVD movie called The River Pirates with Anne Ramsey, mm-hmm. which actually my, my dad was in as mm-hmm. well, his only acting credit. My Both my mom and my dad have one acting credit. It's so funny. Um, wow. Other than that, uh, no, then he danced professionally in ballet for four different companies. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. And what, uh, what's his name? Oh, his name is is Ben. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I see from uh, all of your work. I mean, you started at a at a very young age. So I did. I I know that a lot of people who especially grew up in the early to mid '90s know your work for Picket Fences. So how did you get that role? Uh, Picket Fences was much like any other role. Uh, I was out on an audition and got a callback, then another callback, then went to a producer's call with a mix and match with. Uh, different actors who would play my brother and Justin Shankaro and I who ended up being cast as my brother from Erie, Indiana. Previously, we had really good chemistry together. We still keep in contact today. We still work together on a lot of voiceover jobs and such to this day. In fact, we worked together just a couple of weeks ago. Um, one of the only times I've, ever, I've been physically in a studio in, in quarantine, which is kind of crazy. And that's just kind of how it worked. And uh, we here at Old School Lame are familiar with Justin Shankaro because uh, I interviewed him for his work on Hey Arnold around 2013. Yeah, another um, show we did together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so he and I, we briefly talked. Uh, I was just, This was back in the day when I used to send my questions via email and then I would post it on my blog, but I don't do that anymore because I have my podcast, but... Yeah, uh, I definitely need to um, have him over at some point. So yeah, so what was your favorite, um, you know, times working on Picket Fences? I would say all of them. To be honest, Picket Fences was an incredibly tight-knit cast uh, and crew. We had a lot of fun. We knew that we were pushing the boundaries and dealing with things that in in the early 90s were just not things that people were comfortable talking about. If if the show was on today, I think it would last forever. Um, But it was so shocking back when it was on and i really loved every episode that i got to to be in because there was always something strange and unusual for me to do whether it was um playing hockey which i still do in real life or um playing like dress up or even doing uh taming an elephant which i did once in an episode from me being um uh, being, uh, ha- what is that called? Having stigmata in an episode to me, having my first kiss. It was the greatest learning experience I could ever have as a young actor and taught me so much to be with, surrounded by that much talent. How did you get in? Uh, how, well, obviously through auditioning, but uh, one of your first roles was Kindergarten Cop, which uh-huh. was a pretty uh, big and successful movie um how did the success of that affect six-year-old you oh i'm not gonna lie not at all uh it 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 was i was so young when it came out you know i was in kindergarten so i was six years old Mm -hmm. and to be honest it was just another job by then i had already done like 
50 commercials and a couple of guest spots and three other movies before then. And the gravity of what, of how big the movie is doesn't really hit you as a six-year-old mm -hmm. uh, because you're more concerned about going outside to play mm -hmm. and when you're going to play the next video game. So to be honest, it was, it was just completely normal to me. You know, everybody always asks, how was Arnold? How was talking to Arnold? I was like, I don't know. I was six. Do you, I, I don't really remember much because <laughs> I was a kindergartner. You know, it's so it, it's so funny. I think we, uh, um, as adults, we look back and go, oh, that must have been so cool. But to be honest, as a six-year-old, you're like, oh, yeah, there's a big guy. I know that he's a bodybuilder and he's probably and he, and he's been considered the best ever. Cool. Can I go play on the swings now? Kind of <laughs> what it was, uh, honestly. So, But I had a blast filming it. The only thing about that movie is the state of California... Uh, said that I wasn't physically in school enough, and they made me repeat kindergarten again oh and because I was filming. <laughs> oh, my God. Which is so weird because, you know, we had private tutors on the set. We had an entire kindergarten like that. We formed a real kindergarten class behind the scenes, and um, it was very strange how they would think that. But back in the, back in the 90s, I think that they had a... Um, a different idea of what schooling was like on the set as opposed to now where there's a where homeschooling is kind of common and people understand better what the functionality of it is mm -hmm. yeah for sure now in, you being in this industry for so long how do you keep that balance between you know oh i've been in this i've met up with all these people i've done this role but still keep your integrity as opposed to like going too far into saying uh, you know, I did this and I did that. So uh, if for any of our listeners who want to go into the acting industry, especially if they're really, really young, how does one keep their ego from going too far? Well, I mean, that's an individual decision, I think. I think the ego is, it can play with you no matter what industry you're in. But to be honest, I think of acting as just a job, just a job like any other job, except it's an entertainment and more people can see you do it. And that's really all there is to it is that I, I show up, I love what I do, I do my job. And beyond that, you know, people think it's really, really cool. And yes, you get a lot of recognition from it and people want to talk to you about it. But you also get a lot of people who try to bring you down just as much as you have people who, who love it. So I think for to, to be uh, understanding that what you're doing is important but it's not necessarily bigger mm -hmm. than other jobs that don't have as much exposure. You know, there are people out there saving lives. There are people out there doing way more different things, but my talent lies in this certain area of entertaining and I'm happy to do it and happy to provide a smile to somebody's face. And if I can just get one person to get lost in their normal life and their stress to go away and really be enjoying the work so much that's really what what drives me absolutely and considering that um especially in this industry you know uh you know i mean i'm sure that back then in the 90s it's like you know i'm, I'm sure with the exception of maybe like your classmates or your family or your friends but nowadays with the internet getting to spread all that kind of information 
you know, it, it tends to be the case in which, like, you know, the right words to say and the wrong words to say. And you need to be able to know, OK, I want to be able to, you know, state this in a more positive way or a negative way or a neutral way. So, yeah, it's good to know that uh, you were able to keep things intact. Yeah, I think that comes with time and age, to be honest with you. I was very lucky because in the in the height of my big television show and a lot of the things that I've done where they were super popular popular like even Gilmore Girls it was it was on at a point where the internet wasn't a thing yet there wasn't Instagram Facebook wasn't even a thing it was still like Friendster like there wasn't even MySpace like I think MySpace was new when Gilmore Girls came out so uh, and everyone had just Tom and yourself as a friend. I, I had I I actually thought that that was interesting because fame nowadays is so different because you are so much more exposed because of the internet. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're uh, way more exposed, especially with a lot of news outlets wanting to find the latest dirt on someone saying, oh, you know, that one person did that one minor minute thing four years ago and we're gonna milk them for all they worth or yeah, they want to warn somebody yeah, yeah i think that's ridiculous but i also think that it's really cool that you can be on a show now and then be popular on social media and harness that fame because as an actor's job it's very inconsistent we don't know when the next job is going to come ever mm-hmm. you know it's not like you get one job and then it's and then offers just start pouring in that's just not how it works. You still have to audition like everybody else who comes out here from Iowa and compete in all of these things. And it's a constant competition. So the fact that you are able to take a project now and use it as a, a social media advantage is actually quite spectacular. And in some respects, I kind of wish that it was around when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that at one point, you know, all of us wish that, oh man, if this would have came out like around when I was this age, my life would be so much easier. So I I can feel you. Mm -hmm. Going in from, you know, your work in commercials and your work in live action, eventually you decided to go into the work of voiceover. So um, was it challenging for you to do a lot of your voiceover work compared to being an on-camera actor, um, especially since um, you were in a lot of Nicktoons that a lot of people, you know, fondly remember of? So, like you were Curly and Hey Arnold, uh, you were Ian Richton and As Told by Ginger, and even with like Disney, you were um, you were Crash and Pepper Ann. Yeah, uh, I, I, voiceover was actually one of the first acting I ever did. So at four and a half, I did The Swan Princess, and I was young Prince Derek, and they needed a singer, and I was a singer, and I started out my career in musical theater. So voiceover is very much like theater, where you have to emote basically only with your voice because the audience can't see you as well in theater, so you have to project. And voiceover is very much the same, where projection is key, being able to distinguish your emotions through your voice and, and, and act as such was something that I was just very, very used to. And to be honest, it's, it's kind of second nature to me because I've been doing it since I was so, so young. I think it would be harder to make the transition had I done strictly film and TV and, then, and not been uh, a theater kid and then gone into voiceover. I think that transition would be a lot harder. And I notice a lot of even big stars struggle with that. And the ones that have more of a theater background tend to excel in it right away. 
So I need to know, uh, especially with um, a lot of our listeners who are actually huge fans of uh, the Nicktoons, because I cover them a lot on my channel, uh, you know, Curly uh, for Hey Arnold and Ian for As Told by Ginger. So um, especially with Curly being such a wacky, over-the-top character, what would you yeah. say are your favorite moments or favorite lines from him? Oh, I really love the moment where he covers himself in all silver and says, It's clogging up my pores! Like, I said, that is... <laughs> One of the greatest lines in history. I also really loved the the Carmen opera episode. That was one of my favorite things to record in the world. I, I just loved singing all of that. And I thought it was so much fun. I think Craig Bartlett's a genius mm-hmm. and has done some great work over the years with Hey Arnold, Dinosaur Train, as well as his other things. It's just... Um, I was really blessed to be on such a fun show and have so much memorable things. And actually, I originally auditioned to replace Torn Cadell as, as Arnold. Oh, okay. Um, because his voice had changed and he became Wolfgang. And then when I went in, I did a voice match and I'm really, really good at matching voices. Um, I've been doing that my whole life and I've voice matched a lot of big stars that you guys would be shocked are actually not them and me, uh, which is pretty funny. So... When I went in to do that, so I've been doing that since I was really little. So I was also the singing voice of Jonathan Taylor Thomas growing up. I did everything except for Lion King, which was very interesting because I had to leave Lion King early, the audition for something else, which I eventually got. I think it was All Dogs Go to Heaven 2 or something like that, which mm-hmm. stinks because I wish I would have stayed also with the Lion King audition because if both would have happened, that would have been amazing. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. I went in, I did this evil laugh, because it was the pilot episode where Arnold gets a baseball bat, and he stays on the Empire State Building, and he's like, yeah, that's right, I'm going to swing it, I'm going to swing it all day. Then I did this evil laugh, which became Curly's signature evil laugh. And because of that laugh, Craig actually created Curly from that laugh. Really? Yeah. Wow, so that's that amazing. So how Curly was born was strictly because I went in to, to audition to be Arnold and uh, they made a new character instead. Wow, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Considering that um, usually when it comes to like the a show creation, it's like, unless of course something like really sticks out, they don't usually create new characters on the spot. They already have their story Bible listed with everything that the show needs to be about. So uh, good on you, Adam. Thank you. Seen as you're one of, of a few uh, child actors who've continued uh, being a child star into adulthood, especially from uh, Hey Arnold, as I know m- many of the actors from that show did not continue uh, being actors uh, as adults. Um, have you still managed to uh, keep in touch with them, even though uh, they went into other professions? Some of the kids I have kept in touch with and some of them not. To be honest, most of them who stopped acting, mm-hmm. uh, I don't really keep in touch with. Most of them don't live in California or have or do a, a, something very, very normal in a different state. So it's, it's hard to keep in touch when you don't see them all the time. But the mm-hmm. ones who continue to act, for the most part, um, I've kept in touch with. Like Justin Shankaro, Olivia Hack, mm-hmm. uh, even... even Torin Lane, um, uh, definitely see him a, a lot, even though he lives in a, in a different state, but has a huge Instagram presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see, from Hey Arnold, Philip Van Dyke, who then was Arnold 
who also I did the Crayola Kids Adventures movies with. And um, what else did I do with? I feel like I've done so much stuff with Philip that it's ridiculous. But yeah, and, and I don't think he's acting anymore, but I still kept in touch with him. Um, who else from that show? I mean, a lot of the adults I see all the time too, like Jess Arnell, who was on the show. And, you know, I'm running up to those guys all the time which is really, really fun to be able to be able to do that. And it's so cool because I get to walk by the, um, the stage that we record the Hey Arnold on every week all the time because it's in Burbank on Magnolia right next to the Porto's Bakery. So I always see it mm-hmm. and uh, really fond memories passing by there. So yeah, some of them I keep in touch with and some of them, unfortunately, we've lost touch. Um, mm-hmm. But it would be really fun to do a reunion, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Especially since uh, next year would be the 25th anniversary of Hey Arnold. Oh my gosh. I can't mm-hmm. believe that. I know. Oh, it's wow. crazy. Actually, I, I, I know they made a... Most of the listeners are probably not even that old. happened <laughs> 25 years ago. But yeah. I was already 11 or how, nine, 10, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lord. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, you have a, you still have a very like boyish sounding voice. Thank so, you. I guess that's why I'm Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah. But, but I'm kind of surprised they didn't bring you back for that uh, movie, that Hey Arnold movie they made a few years ago, the Jungle yeah, movie. Yeah, I don't think I quite get to that area. I mean, okay. I was, I, I don't know if I could quite get to a prepubescent me. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be able to almost get there, mm-hmm. but it would be, it would definitely be, a struggle, but yeah, I think I, I think I'd be willing to try to voice match a younger me and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, um, especially since uh, the the reason why the movie was able to come by in the first place was because of the fans, and mm-hmm. I know that Craig has stated many times about how he's always appreciative of the fans who give him fan art and who give him messages and who tell them that you know how much Hey Arnold meant to them. So, what are your thoughts on the fan community of Hey Arnold? I think the fan community of Hey Arnold's awesome. They have been super supportive. You know, I, I get some people coming up to me saying, hey, in college, your name or your character name from Hey Arnold was my Wi-Fi um, name and, and, and my password was one of your lines. And so I really appreciate your work. I think they're very dedicated. I think they really love the show. What's not to love? The show mm-hmm. was phenomenal. I watched it all the time, even when I wasn't in it, because I just loved the show. I thought it was so well done that it's it's so it's it's a fan favorite, and I can understand why. I guess uh, you know, for a lot of um, people who you know stated all my stuff, especially since I have been known for my uh, told by Ginger contents, you know, they or you know, especially um, you know now now that you're here, especially you being uh, Ian Richton. So, uh, what was that experience like? As told by Ginger was so much fun. We filmed in the, or well, recorded in the Nickelodeon Oya Cartoons building that is on Highland uh, next to the Little Red Schoolhouse at the, um, starts with a K, I can't remember the name, uh, building. But it was so awesome. I was usually in there alone because I was much younger than anybody else on the show. But sometimes I got to record uh, with a with a few of the principal with a few other principal actors, and that was so much fun, and it was so interesting, like being the only real teenager or one of the only real teenagers on the show. It was also the first time that I played a cool guy, so I was really excited to be able to voice a cool guy because normally I'm like, "Ah, well, the geeky nerd who's uh, over there doing uh, things in the corner." So it was really nice to be able to have like 
like that suave thing and be somebody's crush. I just thought that that was like the coolest part ever. Uh, we had interviewed um, Aria Noel Curzon um, a few months ago, and you and her did a movie together, uh, Santa with Muscles, with yes. uh, with Myla Kunis. Um, I'm just or curious. Myla Kunis. Myla Kunis. I'm just curious, uh, when she became a big star, um, what was your reaction? I wasn't super surprised. I mean, she on set was awesome. And you could tell right away that she kind of had this amazing it factor. She's a gorgeous human being inside and out. And her mm -hmm. family is gorgeous. And it, 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 it's, it's, it's just not a super big shocker to me that she blew up after that, sh that 70s show and um, has such... <laughs> had such a big uh, movie career. I loved every second working with uh, Mila, and I think that she's just an awesome human being. All right, glad to hear that. And, uh, you know, going more into your other voiceover work, so um, a lot of people know your various characters on American Dragon, Jake Long, uh, alongside yes. with... Yes, <laughs> alongside with uh, Dante Bosco and Mae Whitman and various other people. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, tell us about your experiences on that. I loved American Jake, Jake Long, American Dragon. I thought that was such a fun show. And playing so many different roles on it was just a blast. And I remember sometimes I had to have two of my characters in the same scene. And that was so much fun. Uh, again, we recorded a lot separately, but sometimes we wouldn't. And May and I have worked together um, a bunch of times. And uh, Dante and I, I think we only did American Dragon together. But we recorded usually either together or back to back. So we would see each other just about once a week. And uh, what a cool guy that is. I mean, just to like be in the presence of Rufio, I was just like so stoked to be honest with you. And May is one of the sweetest girls ever and so talented. I love her dearly. Um, and we still keep in contact today, which is really great. And Dante I haven't seen in a little bit, but uh, I used to run into him like all the time. Mm-hmm. But I loved that show. Has there ever been a time uh, people have uh, pointed out a movie to you that, or a TV show that you were in and you were like, I don't remember doing that? Yes, that happens all the time. To be honest, Seventh Heaven was a big one for me. When mm -hmm. I first was on TikTok, uh, a lot of people would say, were you on Seventh Heaven? And I was like, no, that's Christopher, Ca Christopher Castile. And they were like, no, you were on Seventh Heaven. And I was like, I know I wasn't. And then I re, and then something popped up of a clip of Seventh Heaven. And I went, oh yeah, I did do that show. <laughs> so yeah, there, there has been guest star spots that I have totally forgot were me. There's been some also like made for TV movies where people are like, did I see you in... Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mm -hmm. no, I don't think that was me. And then I rewatch and I go, mm -hmm, that, that was me. And I take that back. That absolutely <laughs> was me. So, yes, it, there, are, there are a lot of things that get lost in the shuffle. And there are some things that actually aren't on IMDb. So when one of those things kind of pops up, I go, D is that me? You know, um, or something gets retitled for a different country. That is another reason why you'd be like, nah, I wasn't in that movie. I don't even remember that. And it's like, oh, it got retitled. Yes, that was absolutely me. 
Right. Uh, I think that I remember um, voice actor Rob Paulson mentioning about like he has been in so many projects and, you know, sometimes he doesn't remember everything that he's been in. And he says that that's actually a good thing because, you know, you've been in so many things. It's like you're continuing to, you know, work. So oh, absolutely. And people quote lines to you and you're like, cool, I'm sure I said that at one point. <laughs> and they're like, that's my favorite line. And I'm like, oh, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I get you. I get you. I love Rob. He's great. Mm-hmm. Great guy. So, uh, especially for the, all of our listeners tuning in, um, if they want to get into the acting industry, what advice would you give them? I would tell them to run. <laughs> okay. Um, here's the thing with acting. This is what you have to understand: is acting seems easy. It's very, very difficult. It's a very tight-knit community, and you have to be 100% committed to acting. If you have a plan B, you're not, it, it's done. It's already over from the start. So if you must be in this crazy business where you work is super inconsistent, sometimes you will definitely worry how you're going to pay your rent or your bills that week. And no matter how successful you are, you're going to struggle. You're going to go on about a thousand auditions and you're maybe going to get a call back for one, let alone get a job. Here's my advice. If you still want to be in this crazy, crazy, crazy industry, you have to fully dedicate yourself. Take as many classes as you possibly can. Learn, learn, learn. Be a sponge and soak it up. Don't be afraid to take advice from people who have a lot of experience. Casting directors, agents, managers, they will tell you what works because they've seen what works. Please take that in and please be moldable and, and, and know what needs to be improved. Nobody knows everything. I've done a lot of work and been very fortunate to work in this industry, but I gotta tell you, I'm still learning things and I'm still growing and trying to keep up with the times because everything is ever evolving. And that's so important to be able to be flexible and understand. Have a thick skin. You're going to hear no about a billion times more than you're going to hear the word yes. So if you cannot stand anybody saying your voice is a little whiny or you're a little too short or your nose is too big, then this is not the business for you because you're going to hear that with every corner of the world because it's just a judgmental business. And that's kind of just how it goes. So please have a thick skin. Don't ever stop learning. Don't ever stop creating. And if you have a real talent for it, hone your talent, but make sure you listen. If people are telling you that doesn't work, then there's a reason for it. If people are telling you you really need to push more forward in this, then you need to push more forward in that. Also, make sure you know what you are. If I was a guy trying to be Brad Pitt, it, my career never would have worked because I'm just simply not a Brad Pitt type. But you want the funny friend who um, who, who does funny stuff or, 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 or the kid who can cry on cue, that is me and those are the jobs that I know that I can be very successful in. And then you can create other opportunities from there, but you've got to play into what, you, what your strengths are. That's why I think a lot of people fall short. A lot of people want a certain singing voice when they have naturally a singing voice. Hone that natural talent. You know, that's a very important thing. So if you're going to do it, you've got to be fully pot committed to it. And if it turns out that the talent isn't quite there, you've also got to listen to that. I can't tell you how many people don't quite have what it takes and then they stick with it for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. Find your thing, find your talent. It's so very important. But if you do have the talent for this, people all around you, casting people, people big in the business are telling you to keep going, then please learn, take classes, do all of the things. We want you, this world needs you. Entertainment is so 
so vastly rewarding, but it is a struggle to get there. And I promise you, if you stick with it and fight through all the wars and the battles and keep growing and knowing that you are uh, progressing in the industry, then you will absolutely get there. And I will then see you in the recording studio and be happy to work alongside you. Wow. I mean, here's the thing, like I have had various actors and actresses in my show over the years talking about, oh, you know, if you do this and if you work hard and all that kind of stuff, if you take all the nah. classes, yeah, yeah, you'll, you know, eventually at some point you'll get it. But never have I heard somebody say, no, if you're not ready for this, don't do it. So, you know it's what? It's true, though. That's, that's great because I appreciate that. I, mean, I, I think here's... that you have to have a little bit of natural talent. If you don't have a little bit of natural talent, it does not matter how many classes you take. You know, I've been doing this so long, and I like I'm gonna, for instance, say I I can't do math. I can't do math at all. I have had my best friend tutor me. I have done everything I can to be good at it, even like cooking. I'm just not good at it. I I try. I do you know, but I'm just not good at it. And no matter how many classes I take. That's not going to change. You have to have some type of base talent. Yeah, I, I guess there's kind of an interesting debate about, you know, what kind of, you know, which talent is very important for what skill? Is it the talent that you were naturally born with or is it the talent that you constantly work hard at? It's so, both. yeah, sure, it's both. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it, you know, if you're not good at something, no matter how hard you tried, it doesn't mean that you're a failure. It just means that no, you need to absolutely. go off. You just need to find your, um, your skills and your passion somewhere else, and that's okay. Exactly, and you know what? There are many other ways to be successful in this industry. Maybe you're a very talented writer. Maybe you create shows. Maybe you draw, and you can make a cartoon of your own. But maybe the voice acting part or the on-camera acting part or whatever just isn't your thing, but you're an incredible director, and you have an eye for cinematography. See, these things are also needed. So I, you know, if you enjoy entertaining, I really encourage you to find your section of entertaining that works best for the talent that God naturally gave you, that you were born with, and then hone that and make it as strong as it possibly can be. Yeah. Lately, I've been, uh, like, I, I wanted to be an actor more, in, like, all my life, but lately I've been getting more into, like, producing. Yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah. Producers are so needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't really, I mean, I do like acting and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, I find myself, you know, happier when I do writing or when I do editing. That's awesome. You got yes. what makes you happy, too. That's a very big part of it. Oh, yeah, I've absolutely. I've seen a lot of actors that got out of this business uh, as they got older because they just didn't have a love for it. And no matter how talented you are at something, if you don't have a love for it, then it's never going to come from a real honest place. And acting is best when it's grounded and coming from a place of security and realism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So do you have any other questions, Liam? Uh, no, I'm good. All right. Well, yeah, I think that's a great way to end things off. So Adam, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on by. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me. So, yeah, why don't you uh, plug and promote your stuff? Awesome. So you can find me on social media. I am at This Is Adam Wiley, both on Instagram and on TikTok. I go live <laughs> on TikTok quite often. Uh, so you can see me do live magic, voices, talk about my experiences, talk about my current projects, and all of that stuff. So follow me on the social of medias. All right. And what do you got, Liam? All right. Uh, well, you can find me on Facebook. Either Liam Higgins, Liam Higgins, you know my 
my personal page or my fan page, which is, again, uh, Liam Higgins, New York City, uh, at Liam Higgins, New York City. Or you can find my Instagram, which is Le uh, Liam slash Higgins slash 25. And if you wanna, if you want to, uh, if you're, if you have a podcast uh, that you want to book, or if you want to produce a film, I'm your guy. And uh, you can also email me at kpwhiggins at gmail.com. Uh, I am at YouTube, youtube.com slash oldschoollane. I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash oldschoollane. I'm on Twitter at patty underscore b underscore Miranda. You can listen to my podcast at Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, all those places. New episodes of my podcast will go there first, and then it'll go up in a few days on YouTube. So, again, thank you so much for coming on, Adam. Let us know in the comments below about your favorite roles and performances that Adam has been in, whether it be with live action, whether it be with animation. And, um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Hope to see you around soon, and take care.